Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. Just thinking about this this last week and preparing for this talk, if I'm being totally honest, this week at times I've just felt Bit, bit exhausted, um, a bit weary, and um, I guess it, just thinking about us as we come here this morning, uh, our heads can be pretty pretty busy sometimes, and uh, it's kind of a little bit what I'm going to be talking about today um, as we as we look at prayer um, together. And so, kind of before I started, I just wanted to to pray um, and to pray for us. So I'm going to do that now. Father God, I thank you so much that as we come here this morning, as we, as we sit down, as we kind of stand up and worship you, there, there is, is nothing that we, we bring of ourselves to make ourselves right before you, that you have done that for us in Jesus. Um, I thank you so much for uh, the, that you bring us into relationship uh, with you, because you love us so dearly and you Um, have a hope and a future for us. I pray that uh, you would just come and lead us this morning by your Holy Spirit. You would come and speak to us, encourage us. We would meet with you, be be shaped by you this morning. Amen. Amen. So yeah, um, today we're going to look at a few verses that I hope will encourage us, um, shape how, how we pray and what prayer looks like in our lives, both as individuals and uh, communally. So firstly, I'd like us to look at Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. So if you've got your Bibles, turn with me now. It might pop up on the screen. Yeah, great. Um, So let's read it together. It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, Present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Uh, Now, I think this verse, particularly verse 6, has got to be one of the most culturally affronting verses in the whole Bible. I mean, when, when I read the Bible, I, you know, I try, I read in faith. Maybe I have faith that God can provide for me practically uh, with work and finances. And I have faith that I am I'm loved by God. Uh, no matter what my kind of current feelings, that God has not changed his character and the hope uh, and life he offers to myself and this world has not changed. I have faith that one day I will be with Jesus, free from the brokenness and sin of this world. But faith to to not be anxious about anything, that through prayer I can know the peace of God that transcends all understanding and will guard my heart and mind in Christ Jesus. I mean, what do, what do we do with that? Um, if someone says to you, don't worry, uh, we're immediately suspicious, okay? 
And, and if we're really honest, that extends to this verse in Philippians 2. Um, but, but genuinely, how, how does that compare? How does that verse compare uh, with what's going on uh, inside my head or my everyday life? Uh, in the world we live in right now, don't be anxious about anything. That's, that's too much, uh, surely. But so to take uh, seriously this statement of, of don't be anxious, let's think a little bit about, about worry. And here are a couple of scenarios that I think are, are helpful. So scenario one, to, to worry is to see a situation, a concern, and see that it is beyond our own capacity to resolve. We experience that very real emotional response of worry, anxiety, and go, ah, panic button, okay? Scenario two, to be in a situation where actually I'm, I'm not worried because maybe there is some concern, but I think it's, it's within my capacity to fix it, to resolve it. My, my ducks are in a line. I think, I think that's the right saying. Um, <laughs> Uh, I have the, the bank account, resources, interpersonal relationships, intelligence to, to be okay. So, so you've got scenario one, anxious. Scenario two, not anxious. Both of these scenarios look at the world based on our capacity to be in control. If we're in scenario two, it's all, all good because we're in control. But sooner or later... We'll find ourselves in scenario one. Panic button, panic button. Because sooner or later, we will run into something that shows us that there are very real uh, limits to our power and control. Now, scenario three, and I think this is uh, one more like Paul describes in Philippians 4. There is worry, concern, and we see that it is beyond our capacity to resolve. We experience that very real emotional response of worry, anxiety, but we we don't hit the panic button. We pray. We bring ourselves before God in prayer. So the question here, the challenge in this verse, I don't think is really about being worried or not worried. It's about control. It's about who's in charge. And that that wrestle for control is a challenge that cuts right uh, to the core of the human heart. To pray is to step out of self-control. To pray is to surrender. So do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Now, these these two verses are incredibly encouraging, but I think if we're we're honest, they can seem pretty far off, disconnected from from our day-to-day life. So what does it look like to, in, in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present our requests to God? to whatever life may look like, however we may feel, to come before God in prayer. 
So today we're going to look at a few instances in the, in the Bible and have a look at what that looks like to surrender ourselves, our worries to God in prayer. Uh, the, the Psalms are a great place to start when it comes to learning to pray in every season. Uh, we see David's prayers in different seasons, circumstances, mental states. So we're going to look at a few Psalms today. Not, not all of them, but some, maybe half. Um, so Psalm 69 says, Save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. I sink in the miry depths where there is no foothold. I have come into the deep waters. The floods engulf me. I am worn out calling for help. My throat is parched. My eyes fail looking for my God. Those who hate me without reason outnumber the hairs of my head. Pour out your wrath upon them. Let your fierce anger overtake them. And Psalm 140 says, May burning coals fall on them. May they be thrown into the fire, into miry pits never to rise. In these, in these verses, we see depression, anger, maybe entitlement. When one of the disciples said to Jesus, Jesus, teach us to pray. What we've just heard in the Psalms from David feels, feels quite different to the response Jesus gave to the disciples um, on that day. Your kingdom come. Let us forgive those who sin against us. So why are these Psalms of David recorded in the Bible and have been used uh, for generations in prayer and worship? David brought himself to God in, in brutal honesty and openness. He prayed from where he was. C.S. Lewis wrote, uh, we must lay before him what is in us, not what ought to be in us. It can be, it can be so tempting to think, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll come before God in prayer when, when I've sorted this out, when I'm in a bit of a better place. I, I can't bring this to God. And why, why can we think like that at times? Control, because we want the control. In the Bible, we see prayer pretty much in, in every situation, from inside a whale, on the run from armies, from lament to uh, praise and adoration, to broken pleas for mercy, healing, deliverance. And we see prayer in every situation. You know, God is, is kind. He sent his son to, to die for us, taking on the weight of sin that we deserved, that we may have a relationship with him, that he may have a relationship with us once again. We can come before him in prayer in every and any situation. Pray from where you're at. Another psalm, Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth give way, and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam, and the mountains quake with their surging, 
There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Such uh, richness and encouragement in this psalm. And if anything, it is it's great to hear these words together on a Sunday morning. And great words to, to mull over and worship to in a quiet time. Uh, but this morning, as we consider how to pray in each and every season of our lives, how to surrender to God in prayer. I'd like us to pay particular attention to these words in verse 10, probably some of the most well-known and widely quoted in the Bible. Be still and know that I am God. Um, So Ivy, my two-year-old daughter, isn't very still. Um, She's only really still when she's sleeping, and even then, you know, not so much. Um, So maybe stillness is something we learn. Although saying that, I reckon it's pretty similar for me too. Um, But I don't think this is the the stillness referred to in Psalm 46. We we live pretty pretty busy and hurried lives, don't we? So um, I read that. So Thomas Edison paid patented, I can never say that word, patented the light bulb in 1879. And around that time in the States, uh, people would get 11, 11 and a half hours sleep each night. Now, the average is under seven. Um, it was predicted that the introduction of technology into the workplace uh, would lead to an increase in leisure time. Uh, it has done the exact opposite. The call to be still is one we find difficult. Uh, I like to have a feeling of having done things, achieved something with my time that day. And that's, that's not wholly a, a bad thing, but quickly I can become so focused on my to-do list. Uh, my to-do list can kind of trump the people, relationships uh, around me. And even more than being busy with a to-do list, my head can just get pretty busy too. And any number of uh, things can be front and centre of my mind. And in this busyness, I'm actually focused, centred on, on me. What are the things I'm worried about? How can I resolve these things? Where's my control? Author... Philip Yancey says, prayer is the act of seeing reality from God's point of view. Only too often does my busyness 
and hurry put myself at the centre of the world, my world, where my concerns, my worries take centre stage. Um, I, I remember when I was younger, just feeling a little bit overwhelmed, and I looked up to the sky and I saw a tiny dot of an airplane. Uh, and I thought, that plane flying through the sky has, has absolutely nothing to do with me. I don't need to worry about keeping that plane in the sky. That's, that's someone else's job. Um, the people in that plane have no idea who I am or what the worries I'm kind of holding are right now. And in a, in a strange way and a pretty shallow way that was certainly no act of worship of God or consideration of God, it gave me a different perspective. And, you know, David did something similar, albeit without the kind of teenage angst and self-concern. Um, but so in Psalm 8, verse 3 and 4, he says, When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place. What is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. When I looked up as a teenager, um, I had some some crumbs of comfort uh, that gave me a slightly different perspective on my worries. When David looked up, he saw the glory of God in the heavens. He looked to the one who set the moon and the stars in place. And in that, he also grasped the wonder of relationship with God. He was seeing reality from God's point of view. Now, David was, was the leader of a nation in a world of tribal warfare. His, his worries were, is that massive army over the hill going to come and wipe us out? And, but, but he stilled himself and he looked up. Look up. David made time to be still and to look up. He saw the glory of God in the heavens. And he also knew the intimate power and presence of God in his life. We, we worship our God of power and majesty. He lifts his voice, the earth melts. That same God is also mindful of us. The verse we looked at at the beginning, uh, do not be anxious about anything, uh, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Right before this verse is a very short sentence. The Lord is near. As we come to God in prayer, we come to the one who has set his glory in the heavens whose breath gave life to this world, but also came near to us by sending his son to walk among us, dying for us, and is near to us today through his Holy Spirit. As as we come to God in prayer, we need to see both the power and the closeness of God. So do, do, do you look up? Like David, do you stop, still yourself and look up to know the power and the closeness of God? My, my encouragement this morning would be to find the time and space to do that. That may be to sit for 15 minutes before you start the day 
um, to read over Psalm 8 and see the reality more from God's point of view. And maybe to go for a short walk in your lunch break. But as long as we, as we hurry, we keep moving, we will see our reality and our worries foremost. Be still and know the power and the presence of God. We're now going to look at the second half of that verse. Be still and know that I am God. You know, stillness, kind of by itself, is pretty daunting, terrifying, I would say, I think. And it just makes me think a little bit of when, when you're meeting someone for the first time. Say maybe you've started a new job. You, you don't know anyone, so you're nervous. I hope we get on. I hope they're not a pain to work with. Um, but whatever that first experience is like, the second time is different. You have, you have a reference to go by, from strangers to a degree of familiarity. And each time after that, you get to know someone gradually more and more. The Lord's Prayer uh, starts with our Father. As Jesus teaches the disciples and us how to pray, he starts by reminding them who they are coming before. As we come to God in prayer in every season of our lives, we can have confidence in the character of God, who God is. In those times when we still ask ourselves, when we say, God, where, where are you? Where are you in this situation? When the silence feels very real, we trust in the character of God. I want us to have a quick look at some prayer we see in the book of Acts. Um, so in Acts 16, we find Paul and Silas in jail. They were stripped, beaten with rods, flogged and put in a cell and their stocks, uh, sorry, their feet were kind of uh, tied together in stocks. Um, and the verse after this, we read, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. I think sometimes we can read this and think, wow, even in the, even in the harshest and most empty of predicaments, Paul and Silas, their, their hearts were, were full, overflowing in worship. But you know, they were, they were naked, they were beaten, broken. This was no easy, light, carefree place. But in their prayers, in that moment, they, they put their trust in the character of God. I, I can't really begin to imagine being in that situation, but they began to pray out of a resolute trust of who God is. A trust that even though they couldn't look up and see the stars, even though they were in the darkest of places, they trust that God really is who he says he is. Sometimes I, I notice of myself um, that the times of worship that I am most engaged are not necessarily when I'm feeling uh, light and breezy or even when I feel super close to God. It is often when, when I'm struggling. When I'm struggling to see God's glory above the brokenness I see in myself or the brokenness I see in the world around me. But in those times, I see the need more than ever 
to put my trust in the character of God. Be still and know that I am God. Paul and Silas had nothing, but they trusted in the character of God. Uh, When we hear, be still and know that I am God, it it can have quite an individual feel to it. Um, But in Psalm 46, uh, we read, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. In the stillness of prayer, God brings us alongside him, his heart and into his mission, that he will be exalted to the ends of the earth. After after Paul and Silas are worshipping in their jail cell, we read the following. Uh, Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for the lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? When, when my heart is, is busy, my, my hope is focused on, on my capacity. I have a very low bar for how I see God. My, my hope, my prayers are, are vague, infrequent, calculated. But Paul and Silas, in in the most dire of circumstances, were still before God. They looked above their circumstances and put their trust, their confidence in the character of God. They trusted not in their own control and power, but God's. And they see the promise of Psalm 46. God is exalted. You know, as, as I pray, as we pray, I want that for us too, to see God exalted, to see people encounter God's glory and respond, what must I do to be saved? As we surrender control in prayer, we step into something so much better. There is a better story we are called to. Prayer draws us away from the the constraints, the hopelessness of our own lack of self-control and into relationship with the Father, the one who set the moon and stars in place, the one who is mindful of us, the one who is near to us now.